What's going on, guys? This is Gary. This is Josh. Let's talk soccer. What's going on, everyone? It is the 4th of August. It's Sunday, the evening uh, after the Community Shield game, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yes. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you haven't yet, please follow us on Instagram. The handle is at Let's Talk Soccer. We just recently passed 27,000 followers, which is awesome. So thank you guys uh, for following us, for getting your friends, family, colleagues, uh, arch enemies, <clears throat> people you don't even know to follow us. If you haven't yet joined our FPL League, if you want to, uh, we the code several times on our Instagram page. Um, but if you can remember this or you have a pen handy, the code to join, the name of the league is just Let's Talk Soccer, <clears throat> easy enough to find, and the code is D as in dog, G as in Gary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, T as in Thomas, and Y as in Yeovoltown. Yes. <clears throat> so D-G-L-P-T-Y, all We have a guest celebrity with us. His name is Josh, son, and uh, he does these with us on the regular, but has been a busy boy lately and hasn't had the chance too often, so it's good to have him here, and I don't have to talk and bore everyone to death for 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. All right, let's talk uh, Community Shield, because that is what anyone who is a fan of the Premier League and or is going to play fantasy Premier League. All eyes were on this game. Yeah. So, at the end of 90, 1-1. And then um, Man City win on pens. So there was no extra time. It just went straight to pens. In this match, yeah, just to sort of keep things moving along. So Man City claim their first of hopefully many uh, trophies this season. I'm a Man City fan. Um but let's let's talk about the game for a minute. So I just want to say before the game, um, there was some videos going around of, uh, so they were on some fans were on the train going to the match, mm. and there was a lot of fighting happening. It's like it's just I don't understand. It's no it just, place for it. it. Doesn't matter. Like why? First of all, not actually like an actual. It, it's still a match. It's right. competitive, but it's it doesn't go towards your treble or anything, and it's it's like what what's the point? I don't understand the point of all the fighting and stuff happening. Uh, yeah, but just... Cause th- there was no real point. There wasn't, and there never is. I mean, even if it's the Champions League final, um, there's no need for the violence. It's The stupid. only time it's okay is if it's Galatasaray versus Fenerbahce, because if you try and stop it, you're going to die. That's right, away. just let it go. Um, <clears throat> all right, so... Sterling scores first. Man City get the goal on. Um, a nice little flick from David Silva sets Sterling up for not the the prettiest of goals. Uh, in fact, Allison probably maybe should have saved it, but somehow it sort of rolls across the line, um, and City are up 1-0 going into the half. Um, first half observations, and you were still sleeping, so you didn't. See any of it, <clears throat> but uh, Man City pretty much dominated at least attacking wise and even defensively in the first half. 
Um, Zinchenko got the start for those who are hopeful of getting a Man City defender at 5.5. Still not sold that he will be uh, a nailed-on starter. I think the only nailed-on starter in that entire defense is Ederson. Yeah. <clears throat> who actually he didn't, play. didn't even play. Claudio Bravo had a hell of a game. Yeah. Uh, from, the, from the little I saw, he actually he played very well. He had some good saves. Um, he had a great penalty stop. Yes. Beautiful save. Beautiful. Uh, he's obviously, he's not going to play that much. He might play a few matches here and there, but... I'm guessing tournaments. Yeah, some of the cups, maybe the Carabao Cup or something, yeah. but... I mean, it still kind of shows. He's not a terrible keeper. He's, no. I mean, he's... Considering the, the first season he had at Man City. Yeah. Which was... I yeah. mean, you could have... I think we made a post. It was a while ago. It was one of our most popular posts ever. It was goalkeepers that are better than Bravo. It was that season, and it was John Terry... Hmm. You know, like Ferdinand, and then someone, someone else. I think it was John O'Shea. But yeah, he's he's a decent keeper. Yeah, I thought he played well. Um, let's see what else was interesting. Um, a lot of people were uh, <clears throat> interested in Kevin De Bruyne because he had a pretty good summer in the preseason. Um, he came off in the second half, uh, maybe fifty something minutes. Uh, looked like just maybe a little. Uh, muscle cramp or something like that didn't look too serious, but I wasn't impressed with how he played. Um, I think he didn't connect well on creating some big chances, some really big chances where had he squared the ball a little better, a little more accurately, or maybe with a bit more pace, uh, it would have created much better chances for his teammates. Um, he did tend to play deep a little bit, um, not a ton. He was getting forward enough, but he just he didn't impress me. Uh, if you go on Twitter, there are other folks that said that are saying that he's a must-have after today's performance. I didn't see it. Um, it didn't. I was hoping that he was going to do something that would really convince us to put him in our team, and I don't know that I saw that today. Um, <clears throat> I thought Sterling looked good. Sterling, of course, did Sterling things, which included having a one-on-one with Allison, and he completely flubbed it. I don't know how. Um, He almost whiffed the ball completely, as a matter of fact. I don't know if he was trying to square it to Kyle Walker, who sent an excellent through ball to get Sterling off on the run and have that one-on-one opportunity. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, but that's just – if you have Sterling in your team – um, or you're a Man City fan, you just got to get used to that sort of stuff yep. from Sterling. Um, Even if he does score, which <coughs> you have to expect that there's going to have to be at least an equal and opposite reaction yes. on the other side. Right. Terrible. Yes. At least once. Oh, I agree. So if he scores a hat trick, you have to expect at least three or more <laughs> complete yeah. mischances. He's the could have had a brace or... A hat trick and got one yeah, exactly. instead. Um, Aguero did not play at all. I don't think that's too much of an issue right no. now. Sterling actually started as sort of a false nine, I guess. Uh, and then when De Bruyne came off injured, Jesus came on to play striker, and um, Sterling was pushed out wide um, to left because Sané actually had come out. Sorry, actually, Jesus came on when Sané got injured. Sané got injured really early into the game. Um, and he was actually playing pretty well. Um, but he came out pretty early, and that's when Jesus came in and Sterling went out wide. Um, 
Let's see who else is important. Uh, Kyle Walker, I thought played pretty well, including saving clearance, like literally right on the line. Um, was it Sala? I think. I feel like Sala could have scored a few times. Sala definitely missed his chances. Yeah. So let's uh, real quick on Kyle Walker. I thought he played well and could be worth the six million. Although, as rumor has it, uh, Man City may, as of um, tomorrow, which is Monday, complete the transfer. For uh, Cancelo Mm -hmm. from Juventus, so a little bit of competition at right back for Man City. Yeah, it's it's if it's good if you're a fan of Man City of how much depth they have. It's bad if you're an FPL player because they have too much depth. I think that just makes my mind up more so that if I'm if we're gonna have a Man City defender, it's got to be Ederson. Yeah, because he's a he's a pretty much a guarantee. He should be. Second half, Man City offensively didn't look as good, and I'll just leave that there. Liverpool, first half, not impressive at all. Defensively, they looked really broken down. Um, Had chances on the attack, but just couldn't finish it very well. Um, Salah, his shooting really didn't seem to be on point at any point today. Uh, Firmino was kind of a non-factor. Origi did okay, playing out on the left. Um, and then defensively, I thought Van Dijk, of course, played well. Robertson did well enough. Um, nothing super impressive, but he was steady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought Alexander-Arnold looked looked pretty bad. Um, you know, if there was ever debate of Robertson or Alexander-Arnold in terms of both of them being 7 million pound uh, assets for your FPL team, I think that made my mind up that Robertson is is the better choice. Yeah. Um, Alexander-Arnold was getting beat quite a bit um, over on his side by Bernardo Silva uh, was sort of having his way with him, and so was uh, De Bruyne when he'd come over on that side. So, um, Allison, other than the kind of the one mess up um, that resulted in the goal, I thought looked fine. He had a couple of nice saves as well. Um, but as people have been saying the past couple of weeks, Liverpool have been scored on a good amount recently. So, you know, whereas people were saying you could even triple up um, or at least double up on Liverpool defense for their fantasy teams, I don't know anymore. I think the only reason I would want to keep uh, right now we have Van Dyke and Robertson in our defense, the only reason I would want to do that is purely um, for coverage in yeah. terms of ownership. Yeah, because right now at this point, if you don't have them, yeah. you're just sort of down. And then also they bring the attacking factor, which is yeah, at right now probably more reliable than the defense. Yep. So uh, Van Dyke had the assist on, um, on Liverpool's goal, um, which then sent it into... Uh, pens, but you know, some players I was impressed with, others I wasn't. Salah, you know, just didn't have a clicking, but I'm sure at some point he will, and he's another player that for coverage, I think you got to have. Although, if you had to pick between Salah and Sterling, right now I would say Sterling just looked the sharper yeah. of the two, and that's who I would recommend. Um, so, this really didn't answer 
a lot of the questions I think managers were hoping for, at least that we were hoping for, in terms of is De Bruyne a must-have? Um, yeah, who's playing as Aguero? Are we going to regret not regret not having Aguero in our team? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, who's going to be the starting left back? Even though Zinchenko started, um, still not sold on the fact that Pep will start him consistently. Although if he does at five point five. I'll Great. take it. So yeah. Pretty much we didn't really learn anything from this match. Uh, well, it reinforced that Sterling is definitely one to have. Yeah. Uh, Van Dijk is, and then um, between Robertson and Allison, or Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, I think Robertson is yeah. the right choice. And then one last thing. Uh, I pointed this out. It was kind of impressive uh, that Phil Foden and Zinchenko both took penalties. Yes. Because that's, that's big, especially... Yeah, games on the line to be that young and to step up. I'm impressed. A lot of yeah, Pep put a lot of trust in his younger players. Um, you know, he's come out not too long ago and said that Foden is the best player he's ever coached, um, or something along those lines, um, which is high praise considering that he had this guy named Lionel Messi. Yeah. Um, considering he had probably the, the best ever club team season. 2011 yeah. was Barca, and he came Phil Foden. Well, and he's had some great best player, yeah. players from Bayern Munich, um, Man City. So, yeah, pretty high praise from him. So um, so that's kind of it in terms of the breakdown of the Community Shield and sort of what our key takeaways were from that. Rather than go team by team or even position by position in terms of players um, to take from each team, because we did that on the last podcast. So I figured what I would do or what we would do is go through, we recently posted something um, on our Instagram page. Um, The headline on it is under 10% ownership. And these are players, and it's not all of them, but just some players that have less than 10% ownership. uh, And in this case, actually less than 9% ownership um, that it could be good assets in your fantasy team, especially if you're looking to fill maybe one last spot or two last spots and you're looking for some differentials and things like that. Um, here's some players that sort of caught our eye. Fabianski. We know what he can do, especially after last year. Five million pounds, so has gone up in price a little. But remember, this guy gets saves points like no one else. I think he finished maybe fourth or fifth among all goalkeepers in points. So, um, you know, in terms of points per million, he's, he's got a high conversion for thing, that. And the thing is, also, he didn't really keep that many clean sheets, but he made the saves, which was a huge factor. Yes. He averaged, like, over close to – it was either, like, one or over a, yeah. a point for saves every game. Every game, game. Yeah. yep. Uh, Lucas Mora, uh, especially with Sun being um, – Suspended for a couple games at the beginning yeah. of the season. I think Mora and Mora's had a good summer, mm-hmm. um, so he's one to watch. He's only at eight point two percent ownership. Tilleman, uh, as much noise as was made about him coming in and excitement, um, and the pretty good list of fixtures that um, that Leicester City have, and combine all that with the fact that Brendan Rodgers likes to attack. I really rate him. Um, I'm surprised that Tillemans comes in under 7% ownership. Um, I think a lot of people kind of went with Iozzi, uh in that case, but Tillemans, you know, he's you know what he can do. Um, so 
if you're looking for a differential, I think he's a pretty safe bet. Yep. Um, Kepa, I think we've we've already seen that Chelsea is a different team than it was last season. Uh, I think they've got a solid, sturdy defense that's played together for a long time. You got Zuma coming in now. Um, I think Kepa at 5.5 isn't a terrible option as a set and forget goalkeeper. Um, mentioned Zinchenko. I think he's worth the punt and going in and, and assuming that he is going to get the start in the early few weeks. Worst case scenario, he's 5.5 million. You could easily swap him out with, um, with Juan Basaka or, you know, someone along those lines. Yeah. So I think he's worth giving, giving a start to, um, Erickson only 6.2% ownership, which kind of baffles me considering, um, what an integral part of that, uh, Spurs attack he plays and he's on set pieces. Um, Ben Chilwell talked a little bit about, um, the favorable fixtures that Leicester City's going to have. I think he's a good one at 5.5 million. Uh, Martial, I believe has featured in all of Man U's preseason games. He looks to be a nailed on starter and he's been playing pretty well. He's only got 4% ownership. It'll be interesting to see who starts for Man U this year. Because especially just sort of uh, in the attacking area. Yeah. Because we don't exactly know what's happening right now. We don't know about James. No. Right. E- even just everything just happening right now with them. Yeah. And James has done pretty well for them. At $6 million, if he's a regular starter, then that's also a, a pretty nice Very option. Um, Seamus Coleman, only at 3.9%. Uh, Everton's set of fixtures, especially the, the first ones, are probably as favorable as any, you know, or maybe more favorable than any other team in the league. Uh, I know that everybody's really high on getting Digne, uh, but he's 6 million pounds versus Coleman, who's 5.5, and is also an attacking defender. Yep. A wing back over there on the other side of the pitch. And he didn't finish that far behind Digne in terms of FPL points. So, um, yes, Digne is on corners and uh, free kicks, but he still didn't finish that much higher than Coleman mm-hmm. last season. So Coleman could be one to watch. David Silva, he played well. He had the assist in the Community Shield game today. He's played pretty well this summer. Just don't know if, if he is a nailed-on starter for sure or not. Um, part of Pep playing him could just be the fact that Silva's announced that this is his last season playing yep. at Man City. Calvert Lewin, I put this together last night before Moise Keane was signed at Everton. So maybe Calvert-Lewin isn't that good of an option. This was thinking that, you know, if the transfer window closes and Everton haven't picked up another option at striker, Calvert-Lewin could actually be an awesome get for as cheap as he is, but maybe we put that one on hold. Um, Sané at 3% ownership. I do think he'll see more time if he stays with Man City. Um... And despite having sort of quote unquote, you know, limited minutes last season, he still finished with a crap ton of FPL points. Yeah. Um, Antonio, uh, West Ham have been playing pretty well this summer. Their fixtures don't look too bad. Antonio at 2.9% could be a good option. Um, John Stones at 2.6%. 
Deli Alley I had on there at just two and a half percent, although he has come up with um, an injury, so we'll scratch him from the list right now. And then I got Tammy Abraham down two point one percent. Seems to be Lampard's favorite mm-hmm. at striker. Um, he's played in the league before. He had a really good season last season, the championship. Um, he's got all kinds of attacking assets around him now, which I think makes him a pretty strong option. Yeah, definitely. I, he's definitely he's definitely the best striker. couple other players not on the list that come to my mind that are interesting are a couple of Brighton players. Uh, Locadia mm-hmm. has played really well this summer. And again, preseason doesn't tell us everything because the quality of the opponents for these teams is usually less than what they'll face from any team in the Premier League. Um, but his new manager speaks very highly of him. Um, it's an attacking sort of game now for Brighton. And I think Glenn Murray's kind of on his way out. And Locadia, um, who's actually been playing up top beside Murray, uh, is sort of the future so far of that team. And then just a little bit deeper on that Brighton team is uh, Trossard, or Trossard, however you pronounce it. And he's done. At midfield, he's lining up as a forward, basically, and playing quite well, and I think he's maybe six million pounds, and I think Locadia is just five point five million. So if you're looking for that third striker, I think he's worth um, the investment for sure. For sure. What other things? What tips <clears throat> do we need to give? Like sort of big, maybe even some um, sort of uh, not so obvious tips. Should we? Uh, um, impart on everyone. Well, make, make sure it's, it's key to start the season. One, obviously, you don't want to jump on players because of their first few matches. Right. And also, don't look too much, especially just at the start of the season where there's a few games being played. At Don't look 100% at form. Mm-hmm. Because that's, it's very deceiving to go with someone who, let's say, has an average of seven points a match. Right. When they they might have scored, I don't know, two or three goals in the first match and then right. just played. Yes. Because it's very – it's really deceiving because of how – Look at the numbers behind the numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and sort of along those lines too, if you bring a player in that you like a lot and he just goes cold, don't get too fidgety and just dump him after a game or two if he doesn't deliver because – Players go through cold spells and they go through hot streaks. So yep. just stick with him. If he's sort of a proven player um, and he's not performing right then at the moment, that's okay um, because chances are he will regain his form and that will pay off. Um, <clears throat> I think also um, be wary of the actual personnel that you're bringing in. It seems like the most popular thing to do this season is go real big at the back and invest in nothing but, you know, six, six and a half, and seven million pound uh, defenders. Um, you kind of get locked into a five at the back 
formation then, which sort of limits your attack. Remember, in that when you're putting together that sort of a team, you're really, really counting on these defenders to have attacking returns because the the defensive returns, the clean sheets, are dependent on so much more than just that player. Um, so the chances of clean sheets really aren't all that high. So if you're going to invest in the attack anyway, it seems like you should have a more balanced squad mm -hmm. that allows you to play, you know, five at the back sometimes, but also could play four or three at the back as well and just have a little bit of flexibility based on fixtures coming up, based on any potential injuries or benchings or anything along those lines. Um, I think you just need the ability to change formations at least to one other good option. Yeah. And I think spending five at the back forces you into that for the for however long you have that personnel because um, you're not going to bench a seven million or a six and a half million pound yeah. defender. Um, otherwise, that was a, a poor investment. So just sort of look. It's the trend. People sort of latch on to trends and they feel uh, anxious about uh, doing something different. But um, I can pretty much promise you that we're not going to have five expensive defenders, maybe three and a half. You know, one might be in sort of the, the five to five and a half million pound range. Um, but we're going to try to balance the team yep. as best we can. Um, I think that's going to do it because, like I said, we went through every team and a lot of their players last week. Uh, we post a ton of content uh, on Instagram at Let's Talk Soccer. So keep checking that out. And I think that's going to do it. You know, as we're in this final week leading up to, I think we're five days away now from when we're recording this podcast uh, until the first game of Liverpool versus Norwich. Um, I'm excited. I'm a little anxious. Like, I got a little butterflies in my stomach. I won't lie. Because you want to, you, everybody wants to pick that perfect team. Oh, one other tip. If you don't pick that perfect team right away, that's okay. Because I have a feeling that a lot of folks are going to want a wild card somewhere between weeks, say, four and eight. I think week five or so will be a really popular uh, wild card week because by then you'll have a real good sense of what's what and who's who and how they're going to play and when they're going to play and if they're going to play and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, keep an eye on that. Yes. I think that's going to do it. I think so, too. All right, my friend. Well, this was fun as always. Yes. All right, guys. That's going to do it. Hit us up on Instagram at Let's Talk Soccer. Thank you for listening to this. Tell a friend. And until next time we say peace. Peace. Goodbye.